Welcome back, everyone. This is the Social Change Podcast, and I'm Stuart Blake. And in this episode, we have two very, very important guests, Ella Louie and Nikaila Hawkins, who are both members of the It's On Us chapter at Ohio State. Karen Porter, who's a field education coordinator at the CSW, sat down with both of them for a conversation that's not only incredibly enlightening, but one of great importance. We hope you enjoy this episode, and as always, thanks for listening. Assault Awareness Month, and you both are really involved with different programs that are on campus. Can you take a few minutes to tell us who you are, your names, your involvement with the programs, and anything you want to share about how you got involved in your role there? Yeah, so my name is Ella Louie. I have been a senior in the College of Social Work this year. I have served this year as the campus organizer for It's On Us, and campus organizer is just a fancy way for It's On Us to refer to the role of president. Um, so I'm president of the chapter at Ohio State. I interviewed last summer nationally with It's On Us for the role of campus organizer, and they reached out to me, and I accepted the role, and then I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have anyone else to do this with me. So um, last semester, uh, it was very much a me thing for a while, but then it became a group effort once I was able to network. And a lot of that networking really began within the College of Social Work. Um, so we spent autumn semester 2018 building the organization, um, recruiting members, recruiting a leadership cabinet, writing a constitution, establishing our goals and our mission for the year. And then ever since then, it's just really taken off and we've been very active on campus. You, Nikaila, introduce herself. Yeah, my name's Nikaila Hawkins. Um, this year I'm a junior in the College of Social Work undergraduate. Um, I've been interested in getting involved with groups on campus that um, are talking about sexual violence uh, and trying to raise awareness for it. And thankfully I found Ella and I found It's On Us right after they got their feet on the ground. Um, and I was like, wow, this is a perfect opportunity. Um, it's new, it's fresh. We're really trying to do something in the wake of all of this um, kind of uncertainty on campus. And I just felt like it was a really great, really great opportunity for me to step in and, and start taking charge. Um, and thank, thankfully, Ella was um, really putting in that work to make sure that we had a good foundation. So um, I don't know for anyone who doesn't know what It's On Us is, it's a national campaign. Um, to end sexual assault on college campuses um, or sexual violence. Um, I like to use sexual violence because I think it, it encompasses a lot more um, of the issue than just mm -hmm. the term sexual assault. I agree. Um, and it was started during the Obama administration. Um, and it really is, you know, it's, it's a campaign, but it's also a movement in, in a way um, because, you know, we're getting connected with other schools and we're, we're seeing that there are people in other places, not just on our campus, that are passionate about this and they're engaging the student body um, and staff and faculty um, and I think it's a really powerful way to do that because it because we are connected um, through this national campaign in a way so so my role um, in it's on us this year has been as the consent captain um, that's the name kind of just means that I'm in charge of um, educating our members and also providing education to the people that we interact with about what con sexual consent is, what affirmative consent is. Um, I have some training from the university 
um, on this topic. So I'm um, actually a relationship education and violence prevention ambassador as well. And that works for the Student Wellness Center. Um, and we teach the Buckeye Care About Consent programming um, and some other things. We're actually working to expand our program for next year. Um, so I'm hopefully still be involved in that. And next year in It's On Us, I will be serving as the vice president slash secretary, so much more of an, um, an organizational role, um, and I'll be in charge a lot of a lot more um, programming, I would say. Yeah, and I'd like to build on that, um, just touching on what It's On Us does. So we do have chapters um, in colleges and universities all across the country, and the focus is exactly in the name, It's On Us. So for students who are wanting to see a change in our culture and you know, a lot of times that starts at the community level. It's on us to use our voices and um, speak up and change that culture. So we focus on bystander intervention, survivor support, and consent culture. We plan a lot of events on campuses, uh, focusing around those uh, three topics, but we also have a pledge that pledges to those direct three things, pledging to commit to bystander intervention, consent culture, and survivor support. And anyone is welcome to take the It's On Us pledge. You don't have to join our chapter. Um, so we really push a lot of people on campus to take the pledge just because that's kind of giving students and faculty more responsibility to say, like, you know what, yeah, I am going to step up and I am going to commit to do the, doing these things. So. Um, We've seen that there are a lot of people on campus who really care about this this topic, but a lot of us haven't really been talking to each other on campus in terms of different student organizations. So that's really been our focus this year, and it will continue to be that, working with other student organizations on campus so that we can make sure our voices are being heard because there's definitely power in numbers. How many members or participants do you have in your program? Ooh, um, I wouldn't be able to give an exact number because we just had a ton of people sign up last week. Great. During, uh, a, we had a, we've had a lot of events on campus this month for Sexual Assault Awareness Month, but I would estimate we are at about 70 members right now. And we just became an active org, like recognized by the university, um, in the middle of this past November. So we've really taken off and grown. and. Um, it's on us was present at Ohio State at the very beginning of the It's on us movement starting nationally, but then it just fizzled off and it hasn't been present on campus for years. So a lot of people kind of like have heard of It's on us. Uh, a lot of celebrities tend to do a lot of campaigning for it. Um, and then, you know, they'll see us like in the union doing a pledge drive or something. They'll be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know this was here on campus. And we're always like, yeah, we just came back. So, um, But we're excited that there's so much excitement on campus. So, Well, and it sounds like you're trying to collaborate with other student organizations. Absolutely. What would you say the biggest challenges have been trying to work with other groups that have been placed for a long time or that maybe aren't as aware of what you're doing? I think... The biggest, and Nikaila, you can definitely feel free to build on this, but I think the biggest challenge is just this year alone, getting the word out that we're on campus and um, trying to meet other students. So I feel like at this point, we're at a better starting point for next year because we have worked really hard to meet 
other students on campus, but I definitely think like one of our biggest barriers was just recruiting members and getting the word out that we're on campus and also just kind of figuring out what the heck we're doing <laughs> because none of us knew. Like we just jumped in and have been trying to build it, but I feel like we've learned a lot about ourselves personally and on an organizational level to definitely begin growing our success and the success of our movement on campus. Yeah, absolutely. I would echo everything she said. Um, as someone who was kind of involved in the movement in other ways before It's On Us got back on campus, I would say another really tricky thing is that this movement exists on campus. People want to talk about sexual assault. They want to eradicate it, um, but it's very fragmented. Mm. Um, so there's lots of groups. There's like the Take Back the Night Coalition. Right. There's uh, my coworkers. There's um, there's a couple of other organizations that I can't think of the name of right now, but they all exist. They're all doing great work, but they're all fragmented. They're not necessarily working together. Um, and I think that us stepping in um, as a national campaign and trying to um, get our word out, get our name out there, get the word out there that we exist and that we're really trying to bring these people together is difficult, but it's also very rewarding and empowering because we're starting to see um, now in the wake of um, there not really being any survivor support on campus, um, there's a lot of people starting to really think about this and um, be angry, honestly, um, and want to speak about it with other people that we're starting to see a little bit more of that cohesion. And I think that it is difficult, but I think we really are starting to play a really important role in that. And I definitely don't want to discount the hard work of existing student organizations on campus. And I'm sure that they have, at some point, worked with other student organizations. We just, our goal is trying to do that more. Like almost every single time we're planning something, we try to at least invite another org or ask another org to plan it with us uh, because we're really just trying to get more of that community feeling on campus. Um, so I'm sure, you know, it's not like it's on us came in and we pioneered oh, this, absolutely. but it's just definitely <laughs> right. like our, our big goal and focus. Well, and education and awareness are, are huge in such a large campus and mm -hmm. making sure that people yeah, know this what's campus happening. is so big. Yeah. <laughs> and how to get involved and, and feeling comfortable. And it sounds like, Nakaya, that's part of your role even is just to educate new members. Um, but also with the progression of the Me Too movement and how that has impacted your membership awareness conversations. Have you seen a growth, do you think? Is that sort of when the when It's On Us kind of came back to campus is when Me Too also became more um, prevalent and people were more open to conversations, would you say? I definitely think the Me Too movement has helped people feel more comfortable disclosing publicly about their experiences. Um, there's definitely still a lot of stigma and shame in our country's culture that surrounds that, but it's lessened a lot over the past few years. So I've seen a lot more people feel empowered to speak about it and also more empowered to be bystanders and intervene when they're seeing a behavior that's inappropriate. Absolutely. I think it's really hard to um, recognize when someone is experiencing like oppression on campus if we don't like talk about it mm -hmm. and the Me Too movement is specifically about like having that conversation um, and making it okay to talk about it publicly publicly um, and I've definitely just seen a shift in that um, even among like my friends or um, people I'm talking to in class like it's okay to say the words sexual violence or mm -hmm. sexual assault 
um, or that I experienced this or that I know people who have experienced this. It's no longer like one of those things where people shy away from the conversation or try to move, move past it. Um, and that can be very subtle, but I've definitely seen a difference. It sounds like the role of being a bystander is a huge part of what you all do and making sure that we're recognizing what's happening. Um, and you provide some specific training or education around bystanders and what they need. And um, it sounds like a really important aspect of what you're doing. So not just people that have experienced sexual violence, but how can we help those that have been? Mm-hmm. What, it seems that maybe a lot of people feel like they don't know how to help or where they fit into it. So you're providing some structure and guidance around that, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What, what do you think sort of the next steps are? What, what could we do to grow this even more? How could, how could the College of Social Work or campus in general support you in ensuring that people are aware of what you're doing and continue to make sure that you don't fizzle back out? <laughs> One of my biggest hopes and dreams for the organization next year is to plan more events that focus on empowering different groups on campus. I know there are a lot of um, students from different intersections that often don't feel like their voice is heard. So we just did the Take Back the Night March last week, and it was so, like, it's hard for me to even put into words how life-changing that experience was to just watch so many students who didn't know each other come together and just be empowered and build each other up and listen and I, I I think as a campus we can change if we're empowering each other and giving each other the opportunity to use our voice but not only use our voice have people listen and believe them yeah I think in terms of what the college can do um, or the university can do um, is just to promote what we're doing on campus. I mean, we can only do so much in saying, like, we are here, we're doing this, we're having these events, we're supporting these groups, um, but to amplify that, um, whether that's through the newsletter or um, teachers and faculty and staff talking to other people about what's going on um, so that we, you know, so it's, it's like a snowball effect in a way mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day, you know, we, we can only do so much to promote ourselves. We need other people to say, have you heard about this? Or did you know that this group exists on campus? How do you partner with the other um, organizations nationally? So other It's On Us on different campuses, do you have opportunities to collaborate with them? So, yes, but it's only been through me as the campus organizer. It hasn't necessarily been the rest of our chapters members having the opportunity. it's on us has set up for all campus organizers. We have Slack accounts. So um, if you're not familiar with Slack, it's kind of like a group me where you can have a group and you can invite people and you can talk. So we have Slack accounts um, where we can speak nationally. And then we even have that broken down into regions. And we have a regional director who can kind of provide some more direction to us. Um, So if we're, like, I reached out when we were creating our constitution because Mm -hmm. I had no idea how to write a constitution, and Syracuse actually sent me their constitution, and I was able to kind of, like, look off of that for ideas and then also look at the generalized template that OSU provided. Um, That was so helpful. Um, And then just in general, if anyone has a question, like, hey, I'm struggling to 
you know, get the word out to builder members or, hey, what was a good idea or what was successful for you in terms of this type of event? Um, or how did you market for fundraising so that you could buy tools or whatever? So that's a great way to kind of just like network in general, but we haven't necessarily been at a networking level where we're like planning events or anything like that. Um, it's more so just, it's a good support network. Absolutely. It, I mean, and working collaboratively, just like you said, with the constitution to understand how things mm -hmm. are being done, but then individualizing it to our student population. Sure, yeah. So I want to go back to the word empower, because you guys mentioned that word a That's few times. That's my favorite word. <laughs> I, I love the I'm word a, as a well. social worker at heart. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I think a lot of um, the word empowerment can mean different things to different people. Can you just define it a little bit for what that looks like for you? What do you, what do you think is important about empowering, or how do you define the word empowerment, or how do you personally empower other people? Um, well, as campus organizer, I empower other people by motivating people that what we're doing is, I'm trying to think of the word. I guess empowering people because a lot of people, like I said, we're noticing on campus care about this topic and this issue, but haven't known a way to really get their point across or be heard. So. As campus organizer, I've been empowering our members and then with the Take Back the Night Committee, empowering each other, um, and just going back to that, we had like, so after the Take Back the Night March, we had a survivor speak out. Um, people could, you know, there are people who shared poems that they wrote, there are people who disclose, some people disclosing for the very first time, some people just sharing words of encouragement, and that in itself was empowering. Um, everyone was very respectful, but if someone ever had a moment where they were crying or um, apologizing and feeling shameful for saying something, because that's the norm is to feel shame, people would yell out and be like, we believe you, we support you, and that was just so amazing. I had trouble sleeping afterwards because I was so jazzed <laughs> up the rest of the night. Um, but empowering for me, um, being a, someone who identifies as a woman, um, we definitely s still see a lot of oppression in our country. So for me, feeling empowered is uh, feeling like people are listening to me and um, recognizing the work that I'm doing because often that's something that women struggle to feel um, nationally. So. I feel empowered and I also feel empowered when I see other students feeling empowered because I think it's contagious. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. I was going to say I think it's, a, it's contagious and mm -hmm. um, not being afraid to, to speak up in classes or yeah. share your experiences or give a different opinion or, or make people uncomfortable sometimes is really important in the conversation because your discomfort or their discomfort evolves and changes and helps mm -hmm. people realize that it's uncomfortable because they're afraid to talk about it. Absolutely. Did you want to add anything? Nicole? No, nothing <laughs> substantial. Yeah. I, I think it's a great word and I think it's definitely a social work word. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and it's something that we, we use a lot and so we want to empower people to do a, a variety of different things. So you provided great examples of people sharing their experiences but also being present with someone in those moments is really important. 
Yeah, I want to go back to, you just said the word uncomfortable. That's, you know, bringing it back to our Me Too conversation. And, you know, like I said, at our speak out that we had last week where people would be talking and they know that they're around people who are supporting them, but they're still apologizing or apologizing for crying or blaming themselves in their own conversation. And people don't like to talk about sex in our country in general. Um, so when you're adding violence to that, it becomes icky and the people who are experiencing that are made to feel that they need to be shamed. And that's why this has been so difficult for our country to talk about and still difficult. But again, going back to the Me Too movement, we're seeing that change where people are starting to shift and um, not be as uncomfortable. It definitely still makes people uncomfortable, but more people are comfortable with speaking about it and calling people out on their actions. So um, I've really enjoyed as a survivor myself seeing that change nationally. Absolutely. I think that's a great point and sometimes being uncomfortable makes the most change. Mm -hmm. it, it motivates us to to make that change. Sure, yeah. So I appreciate you sharing also that you're a survivor and um, the connection to the movement is probably very personal. Do you have anything you want to share about how you found support or or how you can support other people who are survivors? Well, I got asked if I wanted to speak during the speak out after the Take Back the Night March, and I'd honestly been so busy with coordinating all of our other events this month, and it's April, so every student is losing their mind every April <laughs> because it's group project time and final paper time, and there's a lot going on. And when I got asked, I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't even thought about this. But I got up and I spoke and I shared that I was a survivor. And I just wanted to take a moment to appreciate everyone who participated in the march because um, I can't remember word for word what I said, but I know I said something like, you know, I'm not sure if you were marching because you yourself are a survivor or you know someone who is or you just really care about this issue. But there are so many students on campus who are survivors who walk around silently and with this march you don't know who is walking around silently and saw you marching and saw you chanting and saw your sign saying that you believe survivors you could have changed one life today and that in itself makes today's so important and impactful and um and I said in my speech that I wanted that to continue because, um, again, with it being such a large campus, there are so many survivors who are walking around silently and hurting and not sure who to talk to or how to get support. But if they're seeing that there are students on campus who care about this and they want to support you and they believe you, that that's so powerful. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think it really comes back to the concept of consent. Um, you know, some people are going to be comfortable, aren't going to be vulnerable enough to talk about their experiences. Um, there were so many people who spoke out at the Take Back the Night um, Speak Out, um, but I know that there were plenty of people who stood and just listened and took power from hearing other people be vulnerable. Um, but you, you get to have that choice. You get to say, I'm comfortable mm -hmm. enough to say something right now or to disclose or to say how I feel. Um, and so there's going to be a majority of people who don't ever say anything. Um, 
and like I said, it's that's that that consensual piece of understanding how vulnerable can I be in this moment, um, and allowing other people to do that. So mm-hmm. while we are encouraging people to to share to share and to disclose and to speak with us um, about their their connection to the movement, um, you know, we also have to be respectful of the fact that we're all on our own journey, um, and that a lot of people it'll take years and years and years for them to even come to the um, conclusion that they feel comfortable enough to say something so it's all about giving that power back to a survivor absolutely and it's important they're in control now it's important not to to lose your own stories Mm -hmm. and your own passion and meaning behind that i just want to quickly clarify what i just said when i said they're in control now um not to say that a survivor was not in control of their life prior to the assault but during an assault, someone is taking their power away from that person. So we want to make sure that all survivors are in control afterwards and we're giving the control back to them and making sure that they are empowered. So just like Nikilo said, you know, there are a lot of survivors who are walking around silently, but we're not forcing anyone to disclose or speak up. It's their choice. Well, I really appreciate you guys sharing kind of your involvement with the movement, your stories, your passions, and your willingness to empower others to feel like they have control again. So thank you for all that you do, and we look forward to seeing more of you guys on campus. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode of the Social Change Podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you don't follow us on social media, you can find us at OSUCSW on all channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and at csw.osu.edu on the web. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Social Change Podcast.